So today I am talking about my creative process because uh, I'm about to, well, I'm kind of just about starting uh, Destroyer of Worlds, which is Arcane book number eight. And I really, I love, 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 love this part of the process. And I, so I kind of wanted to talk about it because um, so often I'm very uh, reductionist, I guess. I, I like processes and steps and, uh, you know, I like how-to stuff and most of the non-fiction I write is very practical and pragmatic and I this year one of my top uh, recommendations for books was Big Magic by um, Elizabeth Gilbert which is excellent and um, I think magic is probably the wrong word but the idea that it's uh, less reductionist that the creative process has that sort of edge of something almost supernatural is is definitely what I find and I've called it synchronicity in the past in that as I delve deeper things happen which were unexpected and that is definitely part of my process so I've just written down a few notes so I'll just talk through them so apologies if this is out of order <laughs> but hey it's new year so I hope you're re relaxing uh, as you listen to this. So first of all, um, the kind of original uh, idea, I get lots of ideas from my travels. So I travel a lot. I have always traveled a lot. I particularly like going to places with a rich cultural history. So um, the very first scene of Stone of Fire, my very first novel, opens in Varanasi um, on the banks of the Ganges in India. And uh, I went there Oh, back in, I think it was 2006, I first went there and I saw them burning the bodies on, on the, in the burning ghats. And uh, the idea that was kind of sprung then started that first scene in Stone of Fire when uh, a nun meets a burning end. <laughs> I'm terrible with nuns. Sorry, all the nuns out there. Um, but so what's interesting is the idea for that came... Uh, you know, years before the actual book. So that's, I tend to find that the stories I write, the original idea came from years ago, unless it's something kind of unexpected. So for example, one day in Budapest, uh, we went to Budapest because my husband's family um, originally is from Hungary and we visited the synagogue where um, we saw his family's uh, name on the, on the, in the mass grave and uh, at the same time the, um, the government had just called for a, registra a registration of uh, all Jews in Hungary and that shocked me so much that that was happening. Uh, I decided I had to write a book about the rise of far-right extremism in Eastern Europe and that's that turned into One Day in Budapest which is kind of action-adventure uh, with those themes but that idea was kind of unexpected and I hadn't thought about that before we actually got there. But generally, uh, so this going back to India, <laughs> Destroyer of Worlds, the I remember very distinctly seeing a statue of Shiva Nataraja in in India again in Delhi, same year I visited um, Varanasi, and I saw this statue, and it's. Um, if you Google Shiva Nataraja, you'll see the exact image. It's uh, uh, Shiva dancing and uh, in this uh, ring of of fire, as such. And the it's the destroyer of worlds and the and the remaker of worlds. And it's a fascinating myth. And I remember seeing that image and just really loving it. And and that is what has sparked this story. So I wanted to to go back to India and revisit some of the the places there. And then in terms of what happens next, so I have this kind of kernel of an, an idea, 
and then from there I start to research so for me research is going places obviously and visiting um, museums visiting the kind of iconic uh, places of that city or that region and kind of soaking that up because all of my books have the setting is incredibly important Um, and then I just start to find things that are more interesting so I follow my curiosity into what I will research next so um, and that that may come from other places and other things so then I was uh, just, I read the Guardian newspaper in the UK and I just saw this article um, about the vultures um, or the, the lack of vultures uh, threatening Mumbai's Towers of Silence. And the Towers of Silence is based on the Zoroastrian, ancient, ancient Zoroastrian tradition of disposing of dead bodies by putting them out in, you know, out in the air and the carrion birds uh, eat them. And this also happens in Tibet and Nepal and uh, many of these um, older civilizations and you know it's completely natural (laughs) but it's really interesting that in the middle of Mumbai would be this uh, Towers of Silence this this place where where bodies are are put out Um, and that's really cool you know for me that just makes me go oh yes that that's got to go in a book so I start writing down just the things that um catch my eye so um that is you know Mumbai is a fascinating city um I actually haven't been to Mumbai I really would like to go um but that's okay I do write about places I haven't been but I do try and ground them in in things I have but that's just one thing so that's like shopping for settings as as such um so that's kind of one thing that happens. Then I will dive deeper. So Shiva Nataraja, for example, I know a surface level of information, but what I will then do is research um, that uh, a lot more. So research, you know, Shiva and the various temples associated with Shiva and what about all the different stuff in other places in the world, um, you know, because most my books generally have multiple um, locations in. So that curiosity drives a deeper research period and this is what I really love because I'm such a research junkie and I find out really fascinating stuff so I at this point I tend to read books um, on my kindle and I do a lot of highlighting I then transfer the highlights just into either just a pages slash word document or into Scrivener Uh, at this point I generally just keep it in a a general document just loads and loads of notes on random stuff um I do write notes in my um journals which I've got here in front of me um I also write notes as I watch uh DVDs or um uh you know uh, stuff on TV TV shows um actually I watched one on the Kum Mela which is incredible uh, one of the well the biggest gathering of um you know of of pilgrims of people in in the whole world and I think I'm trying to figure out how many millions of people are there but it's a lot of Hindu pilgrims uh, who um, meet in one place there's four different places where they meet and uh, it really is crazy <laughs> I mean and so I watched a documentary on Kumela and I just thought yep definitely have to uh, use that in the book so when I'm watching um, programs on things I'll just be taking notes in my um, handwritten notes in my uh, moleskins Um, so and for example when I'm just looking back at one now um, I won't just be writing down uh, you know 
facts I'll actually be writing down colors and um, different things like that you know uh, for example when I think of India I think of the women wearing bright colours, just far more bright colours than we do in the West and how clean everybody always is. I always think it's so funny. Some people, you know, have this image of India as as, as a dirty place. But to me, it's super clean because everybody's always washing. <laughs> There's a lot of washing that goes on, um, you know, as part of the, the all the religious uh, faiths, really. But fascinating stuff. So that's where I start and that's where I am right now with Destroyer of Worlds which is why I wanted to kind of talk about it now was I don't have a plot (laughs) I do have an opening scene and I've had an opening scene in my head for a while and that's going to be in London uh and that will then spark the the story but I do know that I will have these various aspects that that will go into it it will and the the title destroyer of worlds obviously gives that hindu um aspect to it um and but then of course it also the first thing that people think of when they hear destroyer of worlds is um oppenheimer i am become death destroyer of worlds which actually is a quote from the bhagavad gita it was not oppenheimer's uh (laughs) quote as such he actually said that um and uh, as a quote so then it's like okay so Oppenheimer um, nuclear bombs obviously the links with Nazis and um, their some of the fascination Himmler for example Himmler's fascination with uh, some of the the Hindu myths you know even the swastika for example you know the original symbol so those are all the things that start going into the ideas for the book and then what happens is Uh, synchronicity as I said this kind of the magic aspect that I find happens when I'm researching is that something will come up that totally unexpected that makes the story work so for example with Stone of Fire that first novel it was it was really my jaw dropped the day it happened I was reading um, Carl Jung's Red Book which um, had been hidden for years by his family it was basically a diary of his breakdown and and he did all these um, watercolors these pictures not watercolors he did the paintings you know quite bold actually um, of different paintings and my book Stone of Fire was about uh, a lot of had a lot of has a lot of Jungian psychology in it Morgan Sierra my main character you know it specializes in psychology of religion which Jung was highly into and what I found in um, the red book this hidden book hidden for years just shown to the public was a painting that exactly matched my story and that painting is in Um, stone of fire and you know I include that as part of the plot but when that happened I was just you know gobsmacked and that synchronicity of story emerging from fascination and research still just kind of makes me shiver a little bit because it happens every time and I, I, Stephen King talks about the emergence of you know of the story the story is a found thing and I kind of believe that like I think I go looking for a story in the real world and then I I will twist part of that part of the reality into the thing that's fiction so Stone of Fire obviously (laughs) um, is based on um, looking for the some stones that the apostles had where their bodies are buried and all of the the traveling to where the bodies of the apostles are is is kind of true as in you know there are bones in those places and relics but the 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 power of the the stones actually obviously is made up (laughs) so that's what I like doing best is kind of taking real stuff and then twisting it a little bit. So 
once I, going back to my process, so once I have done this research period, and that's where I am at the moment with Destroyer of Worlds, so I will give myself, you know, it can be, it can be quite a long period, um, it, it will depend, but I'll give myself, you know, at least two weeks, um, sometimes longer depending on how much I'm into it, but, um, you know, a couple of weeks of really just delving deep and f following um, rabbit holes on the internet. So, you know, for example, I will Google things like Nazis plus Shiva and see what comes up. And uh, I found, I'm not going to give some stuff away because I found some amazing, cool things already that just make me go, oh, seriously, that is just wow. Um, so those are the things that happen when you, and of course you find lots of conspiracy theory sites, which uh, are for thriller writers, just awesome. <laughs> but um, what I, I do in this period is just let it all kind of percolate. Um, because I'm writing in an existing series, I already have my characters. I Well, what I don't have is my antagonist, um, because I generally <laughs> kill them off <laughs> at the end of each book. Um, so this one, I, I obviously need a new uh, baddie, and I do have in mind who the baddie will be, and uh, pretty pretty cool, and quite happy with, with this baddie. And uh, so I have, but I have my main characters, uh, Morgan and Jake, and um, I also, there's a uh, kind of spin-off I'm thinking of, I want to do kind of arcane black ops uh, spin-off, so what I want to do in this book is also introduce briefly like a tangential character, so that when I do this next book, which I'm already thinking about, and this is the other thing, I, I now um, I think about more than one book at the same time, but I will never write more than one fiction at the same time. I think that's really important for me because otherwise I get confused. Those of you who under, who've read some of my books will discover, um, uh, you know, my fascination with tattoos, for example, come up in several books. And uh, and also if you read Risen Gods and uh, Deviants, <laughs> there are some crossovers there as well with the kind of Maori um, uh, mythology. So th these things can uh, come up in multiple books. We all know that. I mean, we all have our fascinations. So anyway, yes, yeah, so I have my characters. Um, I pretty much know the beats of how an arcane thriller works. So I know that there will be, you know, some kind of cool object um, and someone will want to destroy the world or kill loads of people and Morgan and Jake have to stop them. I mean, that is the essence of a thriller in general. So we know that that will happen and that there will be lots of different places they have to go and they'll find cool things and it'll be um, lots of fun and fast paced. But Equally, I also like to have an underlying theme and often in my arcane books it really is um, uh, the kind of the supernatural faith versus unbelief and good versus evil, uh, you know, <laughs> really big themes. <laughs> so uh, I enjoy putting those elements in as well. So, but the main thing is that uh, after I've done this research for a couple of weeks, I, I then, since I read The Story Grid by Sean Coyne, and you can go back and listen to the podcast with Sean, um, which was uh, actually January 2014. That was episode 208 with Sean Coyne. Since then, and since I've read his book, The Story Grid, which is like my favourite number one writing book for fiction authors, um, that uh, I now do the full scap method for an outline. So I'm not someone who outlines like a crazy person, although I might be doing that more as I get into dictation in 2016. But mainly I do a full scap um, uh, one pager 
uh, it's essentially a one pager with the main um, main beats of the of the book, the main highlights, the main twists, the main reversals, that type of thing. And from there, then I start writing. And then often what I'll do with um, I'll write about twenty thousand words, thirty thousand words, and then I will kind of replot the next bit. So normally um, I know the beginning, I know the ending. Right now I don't know the well. I, no, I don't know the ending. I kind of have an idea. Um, it will depend on how the how the rest of the research goes. But I normally know, um, you know, the big climactic scene. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but I, I kind of don't know the middle bit. So I write 20 to 30,000 words and then I will do replotting around the rest of the book. I also, as I'm doing the research, I start a um, a book page on Pinterest. So uh, if you go to pinterest.com forward slash jfpen, I have um, boards for most of my books. I started doing it uh, around book four. So I have a number of um, uh, pages, uh, boards, sorry, for different things. So at the moment, my Destroyer of Worlds board uh, has some really cool pictures of Shiva Nasaraja and India and Kumela and some of the cool things associated with that. And you can also have a look at the boards for all my other books. Um, and actually, I really, really love, and I put in the back of my books, I always do an author's note, and I include the links to those Pinterest boards at the back, and people really love them, and I share them as I, um, as I write the book as well I'll share the various pictures as I go but looking back it's amazing because I'm a very visual person I I setting is super important to me and descriptions of where people are and what they're seeing and you know because I and I will be writing some screenplays this year as well because I really would like to see these um you know done in uh, on the big screen wouldn't we all but um I do like having the images because they really help set the scene um as I'm writing so what I'll do if I'm about to write say I'm writing the the chapters uh, there will probably be chapters at Kumela I will have um you know I will spend some time really looking at pictures of of the people like the sadhus at the um Kumela are just amazing you know some of them are um, sort of wearing ash and there's you know the marigolds I always think of marigolds um, when I think of the the Hindus and the, you know the long dreadlocks and you know these uh, really just fascinating fascinating things that are so um, different to uh, like a western church you know like the church of England compare the church of England uh, service um with as my husband calls it christian droning um because english people don't really sing with enthusiasm um versus these kind of sadhus at um, kumela where there's millions of people it's just brilliant so i love having these images uh to work from as i'm writing and with um, Scrivener, you can have a split screen. So I'll often even have these pictures up or I'll watch YouTube videos as I'm writing the scene to kind of bring that to life. Um, so I have my Pinterest board. Then, um, yeah, then I will basically just see what emerges as I write. I think I have on my wall here, one of the many things I have on my wall is trust emergence. Um, because what I found is that sometimes things will just arrive uh, on the page or in your brain as you're doing stuff and that will be the cool thing and you don't necessarily know that before you start writing so that trusting emergence is so important and uh, I think that's an important part of 
the creative process. One, that I trust the emergence from the research, that there's so many interesting things that I could write about and I'm, I have to write about the things that my curiosity draws me to. And then, uh, as I'm writing, the emergence of an idea from the mass of possibilities and the chemistry of what happens on the page, I guess. And also, once you know your characters are kind of fully fleshed out, and my, my antagonist will be fleshed out based on my research, really um he or she <laughs> will be um indian so um there will be a lot more about um that once i've done more research and it's so important to me to to do that and also as i said it is the most fun part for me i love it and i think one of the reasons that i am a writer is when i figured out um you know i spent time thinking about what my ideal life was like and I think that's a very important thing to do. If you want to um, decide what to do with your life, consider what you want your life to look like, like what will your days look like? And for me, I wanted to spend my time learning because I love learning and also traveling, learning, traveling and uh, creating things I'm proud of. And those things together uh, do come up with writing. <laughs> I also like helping people, which is why I like doing the podcast and the blog and everything so, and why I write nonfiction. And I guess I'll talk about nonfiction another time. But my creative um, process for fiction really does revolve around this type of deep dive into research. I also take a lot of pictures on my journeys and they will often spark ideas. So for example, um, we, as I record this, we are going to Prague. I haven't, we haven't been yet as I record this. <laughs> and uh, although I've been to Prague before, so I know, um, for example, I know the, the Jewish um, graveyard there, which um, Hitler didn't have destroyed because it was meant to be a, a memorial to a dead race, um, you know, a classic. Um, that is a place that I remember very, very well because, you know, it's a very powerful thing that it's not a memorial to a dead race. Um, and uh, in going there, you remember what could have been. And I absolutely know that I'll be taking pictures there that somehow will ideas will come from that um, and things will happen because of going to that place. But it doesn't have to be traveling away to different places. I mean, it can just be uh, around your house. You know, I went for a walk the other day through the fields and I'm in training for this um, uh, race to the stones, which is 100 kilometers uh, over two days. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of walking. And it, 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 while I was walking, I got a lot of ideas about a character that I'm thinking um, this spin-off, as I mentioned, the Arcane Black Ops thing. The char the character who that will be around uh, is a man, and and I got a lot of ideas about him as I was out walking, just looking at various things. And I've got some ideas as to how I want a trilogy of books to be set around this particular character and what he, what role he plays in the world as such. And so that was just walking out from my house uh, for a couple of hours. And that's the thing. I, I don't want you to think that you have to travel to faraway places um, in order to get these ideas. For me, that's how I write. That's what I love to write. But if you, you know, especially if you write sort of family drama, uh, you can write that close to home. <laughs> so I think the important thing is that we get ideas from anywhere. Just remembered that I don't think I mentioned um, my Things app on my phone. So um, I think it's, I don't always have my moleskins because I have the 
A5 size moleskins. I also like Lurktum, <laughs> probably saying that, m massacring that, but um, Lurktum uh, notebooks. Uh, but on my phone, I have a Things app, which is a to-do to -do list app, but I also have a folder for um, fiction ideas. And that's what I, if I'm watching TV with my husband, for example, um, watching a show, or if I'm reading, I'll often read on my phone, I'll put... Um, a note in so uh, for example his his I'm just in the folder now as we're talking uh, I uh, found an article on the abandoned libraries of the Sahara and I just put the link there into the phone I don't know when that will come up again but I the abandoned libraries in the Sahara is something that makes me interested like I'm interested in that I want to know more about that um, or <laughs> I saw this on the um, a website uh, for Bath Abbey so I've just written a short story um, about Bath Abbey where I'm now living but I saw this on their website uh, so it's a direct quote the advisor on the paranormal can be contacted through the diocesan office from and this is on a very you know again Church of England website so I think I just thought that was really cool so I just write down, um, you know, different things as I see them and, um, you know, the different and I put links to articles. Oh, here's another one. Cordyceps, fungi that grows inside live animals. That's really cool. So I just write down things. Now, who knows when this stuff will uh, come back and um, into my conscious mind or it might not it might just emerge on the page and I discover later that I'd actually written a note about something and forgotten it but it came up back into my head so I guess what I'm saying and I'm rounding up now before I just waffle on for hours is that uh, my creative process does have that touch of uh, magic or that touch of something that's not quite in my control even though I'm somebody who is quite controlling in many ways, which is probably why I'm an indie author. <laughs> I like the control we have over publishing and book marketing and all that. And I like being able to write whatever catches my curiosity. And that really is how I write fiction. It has to be something I'm personally fascinated with. And I'm pretty much assumed that if I'm fascinated, then there will be other people who are interested in it and um, that will, you know, want to read this type of book. So there you go. That is my creative process for fiction and how I get my ideas and how I work them into a book. So thanks for listening and I will see you next week.